Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, 3 o'clock hour here at Hollywood Kia, home of the no dealer fee. That's why Hollywood Kia is number one. Kia, proud partner of the Miami Dolphins. Today is a Javon Holland Tuesday. Today also is a Ticket Wizard Tuesday. Had lunch with the Ticket Wizard yesterday at Twin Peaks. And traffic tickets, you know, happen to everyone. Don't let it ruin your day. Go to TicketWizard.com. Stop worrying about it. Five minutes could save you more than $500 on your next ticket. So, Crowder is back. He had to do an interview in the last segment. He is back in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. I'm at Hollywood Kia. Solana is with me. Josh Appel usually joins us on Mondays at Twin Peaks, but you were traveling, so he has stopped by for an hour here at Hollywood Kia. I see Jimmy and Dan in the studios in El Portal. We have a cast of thousands. How'd the interview go, uh, Crowder? Everything went okay? Yeah, yeah, it was good. They actually bumped me. <laughs> they told me to get dressed and said, oh, no, nah, we don't need you. <laughs> do you uh, do you have a little Dolphins talk on Inside the NFL tonight? Yeah, they talk about the celebration. Yeah, oh, the game was roller coaster. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so we I talk like that. about that. Good selling. Oh, it's what we talked about. It's like you're that good. You know you're going to score. So let's, let's think about the second act of scoring and the good celebration. So, yeah, Dolphins are good. It's 305. Dale. 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 Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome, and congrats to Jim Leland on, for making the Baseball and Basketball Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been listening to our radio station today, we have a promo running every hour that says, congratulations, Jim Leland, for making the Basketball Hall of Fame. <laughs> and I said to Tree, either that's a mistake or a huge surprise. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the two. Jimmy, I see you're wearing an Inter-Miami uh, jersey. Is that for uh, Luis Suarez? No, Jersey Tuesday. All right, just checking. Is that why you're wearing your uh, Heat jersey? Yeah, for Luis Suarez. Very good. Yeah, His Abbotsford Heat jersey. So, um, Luis Suarez, <laughs> Appel, signing with the uh, Inter-Miami uh, Herons. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. Big. I'm a big Gremio fan. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. 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 We've covered it extensively on this show. Um, what do you think? So, Appel is here. We're going to get headlines with, uh, with Solana. We didn't... Uh, we didn't have Appel yesterday. He had done the uh, the Patriots Chargers game. 
And so he was sleeping yesterday. He slept through. He just he fell asleep during the game. Well, that's why. That's actually why I didn't show up at Twin Peaks yesterday. And he slept all the way through Monday. He just woke up. He woke up in the press box at at uh, Foxborough. Now what uh, what was that game like? I mean, you you almost. I'm guessing you almost couldn't even believe what you're watching because you're not watching any offense. I, I somewhat expected that out of New England. Uh, the Chargers defense played well the week prior against Baltimore, so I expected them to kind of build on that against a really bad Patriot offense in bad weather. Bailey Zappi, Ramondre Stevenson got hurt in the first quarter, so after that you just kind of figured there's nothing here for New England. I'm most surprised that the Chargers def- uh, offense excuse me, couldn't do anything against a, a secondary for New England that's rated as one of the worst in the league. And you could talk about the rain, you could talk about the drops, but hey, six points, it was it was dreadful. They they just were flat out not good. Uh they got a win. It's the fewest win points that the Chargers have had in a win in their franchise history. Wow. Yeah. It uh it was certainly a football game that took place. And, and did I see did I see the stat right? The Patriots dropped to one and three this season when teams score their opponents score less than ten points in a game. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Teams teams in the NFL this year are 50 and 3 when allowing 10 points or less. The Patriots have all three losses. <laughs> hey Josh, am I going overboard? I think this is some of the worst offense I've watched in the NFL in a long time. Just I'm talking about a number of teams, 15 or 20 of them just don't have offense. I think a lot of that has to do at this point in the season like half the starting quarterbacks in the league feels like they're hurt. Um Oh, but Tua was the fragile one. <laughs> Keep laughing NFL. Funny how that happens, huh? Mm. Um, no, I'm with you, though. I mean, scoring, for the most part, has been down. I, I, although I do wonder if, like, for us down here, because of the offense that we so get to watch 100%, every week. I, I think Appel, because I, I was going to say the same thing, Crowder. I think we are so spoiled watching an offense click that anything that doesn't look like the Dolphins' <laughs> offense. Like, well, what sport is this? Like, what are they doing out there? So they just, <laughs> no motion, and they're just kind of throwing it yeah it's the it's the offense Stephen A. Smith saw thought that he was watching with the Dolphins except that he wasn't I I I just think in comparison Crowder I think our offense is so good that everything pales in comparison yeah I could I could see that but it's still man like the Jets I could go through probably 20 teams that don't have a chance to put two touchdowns on the board I I saw something on Twitter yesterday about the Jets offense it is the worst offense by EPA, expected points added, since they've been keeping track of this since 2000. They're like 700 and something. And there's like six other Jets offenses since 2000 that are also part of this list as the lowest rated ones. I mean, it tells you all you need to know that they thought Tim Boyle was going to make things slightly better than Zach Wilson. Oh, wait, he's never been good at any level in his entire life. That went poorly. Trevor Simeon at this point in his career, not an NFL quarterback. So what do they do today? They go sign Brett Rippon, who also has been terrible in his NFL career. So, I mean, that, that, that feels like they're in their own category in, uh, in, with the Jets right now. And I watch Joe Flacco run out the back of the end zone. It's just it's, – it's, Hey, it's, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Those first three quarters, man, Joe Flacco was slinging it. He was playing well for three quarters. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> hearing the sentence in 2023. <laughs> Joe Flacco was slinging it. <laughs> what station did I tune into? What year is this? What kind of car? What happened? Let's do headlines. Let's do headlines with Solana because I want to talk with Josh about the college football playoffs and the Dolphins and a whole bunch of stuff. So let's get headlines here with Alejandro Solana, who was hoping 
and praying that Josh Appel would have said Rhett Ripien. <laughs> Accurate. This sports update driven by the He new. said Ripien earlier in the I mean, show. We called him out on it. And I know he was like kind of hoping like maybe they got it wrong. I got it right. And and we knew you were about to say Ripien. And uh, he was he was hoping and praying it was going to come out Ripien. So they ended up ripping you? Hey, that's really good. <laughs> so they ended up ripping you? <laughs> that would have been better. It's a clever joke. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. no don't, get, don't give him the sound effect. Jimmy, you liked that, right? That was a good joke. Jimmy. I loved it. Yeah, that that's, that's actually big from Jimmy because he's been disapproving of my antics recently. That's true. That's true. But he calls it like he sees it. Jimmy's incapable of telling a, an untruth. The sports that update is, correct. <laughs> this is driven by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Supercenter. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford, we know trucks. There actually are a couple Dolphins nuggets since we last did headlines. Mike McDaniel spoke to the media. Jerome Baker, remember he got taken out by Brandon Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he will not go on the injured reserve list. Oh, per Mike McDaniel, he Good did news. confirm that he suffered a non-surgical MCL injury. All right. Hmm. And Robert Hunt is week to week. He uh, reaggravated his hamstring injury, and uh, they expect him to miss some time. Okay. That's a knock, though. He's, he does all the coverage in that linebacking core. So I'm going to see how uh, old Fangio adjusts. Robert Hunt or Jerome Baker? Jerome Baker. <laughs> I sure. I, Robert Hunt hasn't been bad, though. No, no, no. He's been great. But I was going to get uh, – I wanted to say, you know, we, we've – myself especially, I've ripped Liam Eikenberg on this show He's before. He's been great. The, the job that Butch Berry has done with this offensive line and the backups coming in and playing well. Talk about Ken, Kendall Lambo earlier in the season. Keon yeah. Smith was really good on Sunday. Eikenberg's turned into a serviceable player. And Jackson was the highest-graded Dolphin yeah. on, on Sunday. Did yeah. I steal that from you? Highest-graded tackle in the NFL per pro football focus in Week 13. Once again, imagine hearing that in 2023. <laughs> Austin Jackson, highest-graded tackle right. in the NFL. Right. I thought so you were talking about the car that So wait by. a second. You're telling me Joe Flacco is slinging it. And Austin Jackson's the highest-graded tackle in the NFL. And two is the healthiest quarterback. And two is the healthiest quarterback. <laughs> and the Dolphins on December, what's today, December 5th, control their own destiny Unbelievable. in the AFC. I have been waiting my entire life for these statements. It's my really, entire life? It's really unbelievable. It really is. Yeah. The last three are hell, though. Cowboys, yeah. Ravens, yeah. Yeah, hell for them. Thank you. Crowder, Crowder is just no guts at all with this team, Crowder. Hey, look. Hey, there's Ocho. Hey, tell Chad that I uh, that I tried to talk to him at your party, but I don't think it went very well. <laughs> He's running out to get a flight. <laughs> he was good on uh, on the Manning cast yesterday also. He was, good. was very good. Yeah. And, uh, and Ocho Cinco was very good also. Hey, ask Chad if he's done with that shirt that he wore Saturday night because I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Baker was expensive as hell. I made I'm going to use it as a sheet, actually. It was bigger <laughs> than my bed. It was a large outfit. It was a very large outfit. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. According to ESPN Deportes, the Dolphins 2024 opener could be played in Brazil. Really? Yeah. It's not official yet. No word yet from the NFL. So this is like a Luis Suarez thing. We're gonna we're gonna start hearing about this every month. Well, I, I thought it was it was pretty cool. Have your season opener in South America for the first time. <laughs> That's my guy. 
He said, that's my guy. <laughs> and boy's working. I mean, you are literally in a in a, a closet. <laughs> like the, just the way that you could hear the door close. I mean, I obviously we see the racks of clothes behind you, but like the way you you are, are you literally situated in a clothes closet? Uh, a little dressing room. That's Chad's <laughs> rack. Is that That's Elvis? My rack. That is excellent. Yeah. Ryan has his own big room. They don't like us. <laughs> He's the host. He's the host. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Hard Knocks tonight, episode three, we are going to see. Also, uh, inside the NFL tonight, both will show us a behind-the-scenes look at the touchdown celebration uh, from their first touchdown the other day. Yeah, I loved it. Very cool. Yeah. So, because the Bengals lost yesterday to the Jags, excuse me, the Jags lost to the Bengals 34-31 in overtime, um, the Dolphins do control their own destiny. And Trevor Lawrence, the update there, looked really bad yesterday. But it's just a high ankle sprain, and he's not expected to miss significant time. All right. Can I, can I say something about the Jags really quick? Because they were 8-3 and three going into last night's game. They beat the Bills earlier in the season uh, overseas in London. But outside of that, there aren't any impressive wins on this, on this resume for Jacksonville. And I had this thought at the end of the game, and I said it in our group text, Hawk. If the Dolphins were in the same spot, and the Dolphins had given up 34 points at home in prime time, and a 350-yard performance, two touchdowns to Jake Browning. I can only imagine what would be said about this team today. Because I remember leading into this game that the talk about the Jags was that, oh, this team, this might be the one in the AFC. They're playing so well. And they come out and they lay an egg against Jake Browning last night. And he des deserves credit, of course. But the, the my thought at the end of the game was, I wonder what the narrative would be. And I hate that my mind went to well, this. imagine Tua putting up six points. Right, like the like Justin the, Herbert the game the that uh, yeah. the game that you watched yeah. on Sunday. Like there, there is a there is a weird disconnect with what goes on. Although I will say, I'm not certain. I've asked Crowder this a number of times. In fact, a number of guests. I keep saying, "Who's the cream of the crop in the AFC?" And I always include Jacksonville, Baltimore, Jacksonville. They're good. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying that like everybody loves to poke holes in the Dolphins. But, but I don't. But but I I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Crowder. I think the Dolphins have been talked about as a possible Super Bowl contender, and I don't think Jacksonville has received that kind of praise this season while still putting up an 8-3 record going into last night. All the, what they're doing is they're beating up on terrible teams in their own division. That AFC South is trash. So right. they're beating up Tennessee and they're playing the Colts led by Gardner Minshew, and that's why the Dolphins – to be honest, the, the Jets and the Patriots aren't that good either. So I think you can't criticize a team for beating up their own division and about to win the division. I think they're the same way, but the Dolphins are way better than Jacksonville. Yeah. Jags are, are the Lions in the AFC and, and the yeah. Lions in the NFC where they're hmm. a really good team. You're not taking credit away from them. They're going to make the playoffs. They're not the, – the Lions aren't beating the Eagles. They're not beating the, the Niners. The same way the Jags aren't beating right. – uh, the Dolphins in the playoffs. They're not beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't trust those guys. The, the defenses, especially Detroit's, uh, we talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago here. Yep. I, I, those two defenses I don't trust. I, I trust their offenses. They got skill. They can score. You need defense in the playoffs, and I don't think those two teams have it. Crowder, do, do the Titans scare you at all? Like if the Dolphins were to play them in the first round, do the Titans scare you at all? Not the Titans, no, not excuse me, all. the Texans, the Texans. 
You know what? The Texans are they're they're better than the Jags and all those guys. Texans can play. Think about it. They have they have Stingley, they have Will Anderson, they have CJ Stroud, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has he doesn't have great weapons, but they have enough. The Texans scare me way more than a lot of teams. AFC would be the Chiefs are always going to be good. Who else? The Baltimore Ravens. Those are teams that I'd be worried about. Are we completely about. out on the Bills? Yeah. Are we complete? Yeah. Like, we're done with the Bills. He, Crowder's not. Crowder's not. Bro, <laughs> Josh Allen gets cooking, man. Stephon Diggs and them boys can play. That That's kind of what I was thinking, Josh. Like, at the end of the season, like, are we – like, could this just be a an extended lull and then you get to the end of the season and all of a sudden Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs – look like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Maybe they do turn it around and they resemble more of what we saw at the beginning of the year in previous seasons, but they have so many injuries, especially defensively. I just I don't see them as the threat that maybe people thought they were, and I thought they were, uh, at the beginning of the year, only because of, of the guys that they're missing on the defensive side of the ball. I have a great point here from a, a friend of mine, Ron Kaniok, who listens to the show, a friend of mine uh, via text. He says, the Dolphins cannot open in Brazil – because the Super Bowl champion opens on mm. Thursday night at home. Huh? <laughs> huh? So take it back, Solana. All right. They cannot open in Brazil. Shove it, ESPN Deportes. <laughs> speaking, speaking of the Super Bowl, you know who does terrify me? The 49ers. That team they, is good. Uh, they look like they're clicking again. <laughs> yes. they, seem to, they seem to have it together again. Woo-hoo-hoo. Can we chill out a bit with Brock Purdy as the MVP? I mean, he's playing great, but MVP front runner after last week? Ah. He's throwing the ball six yards, and Debo and Kittle are taking it 70, but he still gets 300 yards a game pass. He's playing great football. MVP front runner? I'm not so certain. The best player on that team is Christian McCaffrey, anyways. Right. I, he, oh, to me, he should. he's the MVP candidate on that offense before Purdy. Who would you have? We talked about this yesterday. Who would you have on the Dolphins? Who's the Dolphins MVP, Tua or Tyreek? I think that the Dolphins MVP is Tua, but I think Tyreek, if he gets over 2,000, would be probably more in contention for MVP than Tua would be. I think Tua kind of played himself out of it. Crowder's point is Tyreek is better at his position than Tua is at his position. So Tyreek would get the nod. I, I, I agree with that, but I, I also think that if you take Tyreek off this offense, there might be a drop-off, but I, I'm not sure like long-term the drop-off would be as big as it was if you take Tua out of the offense over a longer period of time. Yeah. That's, the, it's not, that's why MVP, like the value of a player, is weird because he's, right. he's better than him, but he's more valued than him. Just like right. I said, I, I agree with that too. It's a weird thing. It go, basketball, football, we, we do this with every sport. Take LeBron off the Lakers. Hell, take LeBron off out of his house. His house is going to be worse than it is. (laughs) Anything else, Solana? Yeah, guys. uh, Tomorrow, just some local headlines. Tomorrow, the Miami Heat are in Toronto. No Bam and no Haywood Highsmith. The Florida Panthers host the Dallas Stars tomorrow. You guys will be out there live broadcasting from the Amherst Bank Arena. Canes Hoops, they host LIU tomorrow at the Watsco Center, 7 p.m. And Leo Messi has been named Time Magazine's 2023 Athlete of the Year. All right. Your weather from the Demesman and Dover Law Firm, call them 866-954-MORE, yourAccidentAttorneys.com. 
partly cloudy around 80 degrees. That is your weather. All right, uh, Josh Appel is going to stick with us here at Hollywood Kia. I do want to talk some college football playoffs with him. I know he's all excited about college football, but it has to do with USF's new stadium, not necessarily <laughs> the college football players, but we all have the things that we root for. So uh, don't go anywhere. Josh Appel, stick with us in the next segment. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. Hawk and Crowder. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Josh Appel is with us here, and uh, he's going to be taking off at 4 o'clock, so I want to make sure I get my uh, my CFP talk in here. Um, what do you make of – I will tell you this. Gino Toretta, Hurricane, thinks FSU got jobbed. Joe Zagacki was on with us yesterday. You know he bleeds orange and green. He thinks FSU got jobbed. Crowder, you think FSU got jobbed, right? Who I can you see both sides. It. Hmm? You understand yeah. it, but. It, it, when the BCS was around, people hated it because the computer shouldn't make decisions. But now humans are sitting in a room and they're trying to put the best four teams to sell the most tickets and make the most money, and it's not FSU. Um, Appel, where do you stand? Oh, what's ironic is that the BCS rankings had mirrored the college football playoff uh, semifinals, the top four, up until this year. And if they had gone by the BCS this year, Texas would have been the, the fifth team out. I think FSU got hosed here. I, I know that's of the popular take, but at a certain point, what you've done has to matter more than, oh, what might happen later. We saw Ohio State in 2014 win a national championship with a third-string quarterback. That FSU defense is championship-level good. They held a Louisville team that the committee deemed to be top 15 in the country. Jeff Brom, one of the best offensive minds and play callers in the country, held that offense to six points in the ACC championship. They were never close. I mean, that was a dominant defensive performance, and the offense did just enough. I'm tired of, oh, well, if you the, the point spread for the, the Alabama would be a 13.5-point favorite over Florida State. Well, what was TCU last year against Michigan in the semifinal? Washington was a 9.5-point underdog to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And I, and I want to be clear, too, Texas and Alabama – absolutely had legitimate resumes and any other year where there's not a third undefeated team would obviously have been a lock for the CFP. The logic here is just hard to follow because all right, if you don't want to, if you want to say that Florida State's not one of the best four teams, that's fine. But how can you in the same breath say that and then in the next one have them ranked above a Georgia team? We're going to sit here and say that Georgia and Florida State when 
if they're going to match up right now in a semifinal, that Georgia wouldn't be a 14-point favorite. So that's the criteria we're going to use or people will use to separate Alabama and Florida State. But no, no, no. Five and six, Florida State's going to be better than Georgia. Is it about the best teams, or are we now are we considering resume? And I, I just, again, the games have to matter at a certain point. And I don't like the parallel, too, that people are making with UCF. This is not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. Well, this is a Power Five conference. Couldn't, it, couldn't there be a starting point? Now, you can use all the parameters that are out there once you get past the starting point. Shouldn't the starting point be if a Power Five conference team goes undefeated, and wins their conference championship. Now, if there's five, you've, you've, right. but, but if there is a team, they should automatically get a bid above any one-loss team. I'm with you. I, I just don't like the committee. I don't know what else the committee would want to see from Florida State. And the thing that really gets me here is Florida State wasn't at four for the first time going into championship weekend. They were at four for a couple of weeks after Jordan Travis got hurt. So they had said at that point that they were the fourth best team in the country. They win two games with their second-string quarterback and their third-string quarterback. One on the road at an SEC school against their rival, the Gators, and then obviously against a good Louisville team. And they get penalized for that. They drop after winning from where they already were. That just uh, like The logic there doesn't vibe for me. If they had Florida State at five or six after the Travis injury and they kept them there, different conversation. And that's not to say that the the point that they are not as good without Jordan Travis isn't valid. It's absolutely valid. They aren't as good without Jordan Travis. But the resume has to matter. Like, the whole argument against a 12-team playoff was that it would devalue the regular season. What the hell did we just do here in the final year of a 14 playoff? Right. We just said that your 13-0 conference championship season with wins over LSU and Louisville in the final, and another SEC team in, in, in Florida. The out of conference wins were good. I, I, what else do they have to do? And we have the, this mind of a goldfish where two weeks later we forget that Alabama was a fourth and 31 touchdown away on fourth and goal from losing to Auburn, who lost by three touchdowns the week before to New Mexico State. So, like, the logic here just doesn't vibe for me. And I'm not an FSU fan, obviously. I went to USF. I don't think you – this is a more general problem, and I'm glad that after this season we're done with the 14 playoff, and next year this won't be an issue. And if you want to gripe about who's the 12th or 13th best team after this, whatever. This travesty for Florida State, I think. Oh, 100% they're going to complain who's 12 and 13. If you go to 12, you go to 16, 17 is going to have a problem. But, Hawk, I think you hit it on the head. The NFL is so easy. Win your division, and we're going to put a couple more teams in there. And that's it. It's records, and they have the point spreads, and, like, they really do it logically. Like you keep saying, Josh, it's logical on how we do it. It's really some old people sitting around the room just trying to pick out the favorite matchups. That's the, that, that is what it is, and that's why I go back to the money, because they're looking at it as they, these teams will fill the stadium more than those teams will. I think Florida State would travel well to a college football semifinal. Well, I, I would say, though, again, we're, I think we might be, obviously, even though I'm a UM guy and, and Solana's FIU and Crowder's UF and you're USF, we're interested in Florida State. But I think nationally, ratings-wise, advertising-wise, Alabama and Nick Saban are going to be a bigger draw. And so if you give the committee an off-ramp, to get Alabama in there by any means necessary, they're going to do so. It happened to be at the expense of Florida State. Again, I understand it if that's 
they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah. Is it the four best teams or is it the four most interesting matchups? Because if it's the four best teams, Georgia should be in there mm-hmm. and FSU should be in there based on their record. It's not, though. Like, F- I agree FSU got hosed, but remember last year, December 31st, those first two semifinal games were two of the most entertaining games you've ever seen. Ohio State, Georgia, 42-41, they get the field goal. Yeah. Those two teams were evenly matched. And then Michigan, TCU also, down to the wire, 51-45. Those two teams were evenly but, matched. But all, all I'm going to say, before you finish what you say, you're going to determine that FSU is not going to be evenly matched, even though their record says otherwise right. and their conference championship says otherwise. And Joe Zagaki said yesterday on the show, he said, maybe you should applaud a team more for figuring out a way to win when you're down your quarterback and then down your second quarterback. Maybe that should be rewarded instead of punished. My point is we've seen so many upsets in the NFL too this weekend where, yeah, you can look on paper and say, oh, they're not going to be able to hang with them. And then all of a sudden they do. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't buy into the proactively punishing a team and saying for what might happen we're looking at your roster now you're down to your third string quarterback you can't do it you're no longer competitive when i would go scoreboard like that's the ultimate determining but if they were the fourth team and they were half going up against number four or number one michigan or if they were the third ranked team and they were going up against washington that's fine you can say there could be an upset and i agree they deserve to be in there but the reality is they'd be Eight-point to 12-point dogs in both of those games. Why does that matter? But that makes it more fun, doesn't it? No. Alabama being able to knock off number one Michigan makes it more fun. What was the line in this TCU-Michigan game from last year? Because I guarantee you it was probably something similar. Michigan was a a huge favorite. Now, Greg McElroy is kind of getting a little uh, torched on social media today because he said on the post-selection show, quote, no team could ever overcome subpar quarterback play and win a national championship. And somebody pull, pulled up the uh, national championship game where Alabama beat Texas and his stat line. And I know the game has changed since then, but his stat line in that game was 6 for 11, 58 yards, <laughs> and no touchdowns and no interceptions. So defense can win you game. That Florida State has much better skill position players than Iowa did. Iowa's defense, probably comparable production-wise to what Florida State can do defensively. I think Florida State's defense can handle Michigan's offense. Michigan's defense is great, but to like write that off as being a blowout off the bat because what would be probably be Tate Rodemaker, their second string quarterback playing, he'd be back in time in a month to play in that semifinal. How are we just assuming? I, I, like that's the thing to me. Like we're just assuming yeah. it wouldn't be a close game. As if the only reason Florida State was good is because of Jordan Travis. They've got great skill position guys. They got two really good receivers. They got two really good running backs, and they have a championship level defense. They got hosed here, and, like, I, I don't – again, I don't know what else they could have done. Well, they couldn't have done anything else. Like, again – And that, they literally couldn't have. And I think that, uh, something that I said earlier, the, the biggest gripe, I think, for them might be they had them at four going into that. So if you have them at four already, you already think they're a top-four team. And all they did was win. <laughs> right. And they got penalized for right. it. They didn't win enough. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should play another game and win that one. Yeah. Well, being an SEC guy, you know what I'm going to say. The competition's not there. That's what they're looking at. I'm not just bad mouthing the ACC, but that would be the argument was that if you lose to Georgia and, and Alabama, you're still, you're still better than some of these other conferences' champions. 
But, like, is the SEC this year what it has been in the past? No. I, I don't think so. No. No. Yeah. I don't think they yeah. were the best. I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were both better I'm, than the SEC I'm even okay with that, Crowder, if that's the criteria going in. Like, if the criteria going in is any one-loss SEC team gets preferential treatment over undefeated ACC teams, like, if that's written in stone and you know it going in, the problem is – None of that was told to FSU going in. So FSU, all your all Mike Norvell is asking of his players, go undefeated, win your conference championship. That's all you need to worry about. You do that, you're going to have a chance to play for the championship. They did it. I saw some people saying, obviously. And then you got Nick Saban going to his team. Eh, you lose one, <laughs> maybe squeak out another one against Auburn if you can. Trust me, I'll get us into the playoffs. They're going, oh, oh, we got different sets of rules here. I mean, Alabama was tied 3-3 at halftime with my Bulls earlier this year. Yeah. Granted, they, they got a lot better since then, but, like, those games matter too. That was still a version of Alabama. And, I, you know, I, I just I, – I cannot I, – again, I, I don't know what else they could have possibly done in this spot. And They could have been in the SEC. Right. The, exactly. <laughs> I guess so. That's about it. I guess so. And, yeah. And the state of the star power thing, it's not like Alabama's offense is great putting up 60 a no. game either. Now, they struggle. I, I saw some people theorizing, and I thought this was interesting. You couldn't obviously do this because you saw Jordan Travis get carted off and everything. But if there was some way to say, oh, well, you know, we're not sure. You know, Travis could be back by the playoff. I wonder if that was. Uh, That's what I saw. I saw Mike Norvell, too honest. That he should have said, we think it's not as bad as everyone thinks, and there's a possibility that he's going to be healthy. If he, if he says that, just says that, they're probably in the college football playoffs. Yeah. Because the only parameter that you're really using to not have them in is the fact that Jordan Travis is out. If he gives you the possibility that he's going to play, they are probably in the college football playoffs. I agree. And – it's I, I I what do you do if you're a, a player on that team? Like I I just I I can't. Do you even think about maybe like I saw some people saying maybe boycotting the Orange Bowl, showing up, doing everything. We were talking about this yesterday, thing? but I was saying no. it's still a really marquee game, no doubt. And but- there are a lot of eyeballs, and it's you know you know if you're in the Pinstripe Bowl like Miami. Then I would think about boycotting it. But the Orange Bowl and against Georgia, too. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you have yourself a really good matchup. And I think there's extra attention focused on that game specifically because of what's going on. But I don't think that either team is, like, there are going to be opt-outs from both teams. It's not going to be the match. Like, people are going to try and take something from it. But I don't think we're going to be able to because I think both teams are just going to kind of be checked out at that point, especially Florida State, especially Georgia's, Georgia's season is over. Do you think any of them give, I almost cursed, care at all about the Orange Bowl because the one game that was going to decide whether or not they played for a national championship ruined their entire season? They don't give a crap about this. There's, they have nothing to gain from winning the Orange Bowl. Florida State medley, how do you check in for an Orange Bowl like that when you just got hosed out of playing for a national championship potentially? It's going to be a terrible game, I think. And you know what? If I'm at SEC school, I use this against Florida State in recruiting. You know, I, I, was, I was wondering if that, if that would hold any credence. It would. Do it you would. Think? Yeah. I think there are like three hey, or four if, schools if that that would work if for. If I'm recruiting for the SEC, I'm going, you know what? 
you could run the table in the ACC. You still might not be playing for a championship because no one respects that conference. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the committee's telling you no one respects the conference because a one-loss SEC team means more. And like you said, one of the yeah. wins is a, a fourth and 31, you know, ridiculous <laughs> The week play. before, yeah, the, the committee yeah. sitting there watching one three and a half hour game of Florida State. If if I'm Mike Norvell, <laughs> you talk about what to play for. If I'm Mike Norvell, I gather the team around and I say, let's go out there and put up a hundred points. I am literally not taking my foot off the pedal. Now I don't know if they're capable of it, and obviously that's why they're not in the playoff theoretically. Right. But let's go out there and let's show them. That they're wrong. Let's make a case that we got jobbed to the highest degree. Maybe. It's nice to say, but in practice, I think that like you're in too deep at that point to overcome that. I'm sure that's the, the line he'll go with to try and motivate his team, but eh, good luck locking in mentally. Josh Appel. Josh Appel, by the way, is going to uh, fill in for us for a couple hours next week here at Hollywood Kia. Next Tuesday, Crowder and I will be with Javon Holland for two hours, two till four, and then Appel will take over four till six. I expect a good holiday gift from both of you since my presence filling in will be able to allow you guys to go to the holiday party. Did you get uh, Crowder anything for his birthday? Oh, I didn't get invited to his birthday, so. Interesting. Had no idea. <laughs> Just thought you were a no-show. And then I wished him a happy birthday on Instagram. He didn't respond. Mm. Interesting. Dang. You got snubbed like FSU. Right? (laughs) (laughs) What else did I have to do? My resume was sparkling, Crowder. I'm healthy. ran out of food. You're too big. I invite little people. (laughs) Call me fat. All right. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Patty. We appreciate it. (laughs) You're healthy, Josh. Patty Appel will be with us next Tuesday from Hollywood Kia. Four o'clock hour is coming up. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. You're not going to learn anything about Dame Lillard on this show, but you might learn a little bit about liver function. Hawk and Crowder. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.